We are back again for another edition of What the Andra, brought to you by the Pacino Report podcast. I come to you today from a freezing cold Adelaide in South Australia. We've got the sun shining, the birds are singing, and that icy cold chill in the air that lets us know that winter's just around the corner. I spoke this week to Nikki Kovach. Nikki, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Nikki is a MotoGP journalist. She races. She has some jeans there that makes her incredible at what she does with family history of uh, car racing. So she's got some great stories there to do with that. She's got stories from on the MotoGP track, off the track, behind the scenes. And there's some good stories in there, I tell you. I think one of the highlights for me for this week was, and I'm not being rude like I normally am, but we did have a quick discussion about one of the riders and the different colored underwear that they wear on certain days to race. So what fascinates me here is it's to do with that that superstition or that ritual that you know any athlete will go through before they do their thing. So I would love to learn a little bit more about that and and maybe I can get the guys, we can talk about that on one of our podcast episodes. So if there's anyone out there also that you would like me to have a chat to, or perhaps you've got some stories yourself that you would love to share with the world, please jump on social media and drop me a message and we will have a little chat and see what we can come up with. So for this week, guys, Nikki is an absolute pleasure and I could listen to her for hours and hours and keep hearing her stories. As I said, there's there's so many stories, I wouldn't even be able to pick my favorite. So sit back, relax, open your mind, grab a drink and please enjoy my chat with Nikki. Tell me how you got into motorbikes and, and tell me about little Nikki and how she started off in this world. Uh, well, my family says and my mom uh, most of others that my first word was uh, motor in Hungarian, oh, which is motor or motorbike yeah. in, in English. Uh, actually, not motor because I couldn't pronounce mm-hmm. R, so it was yeah, more yeah. more motoy, you know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, ch- childish way. Um, no one knows exactly why uh, it happened like this, but there is a there is a background story. I mean, my parents used to race uh, cars. They used to be rally racers uh, in in Hungary, also champions, etc. Mm-hmm. So normally I say that uh, racing is in my blood, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, I was only one and a half years old when I got my first bike. That was an electrical uh, bike, mm-hmm. and that was the point where everything started. Um, and then my mom, uh, they they stopped racing. And after that, she she started to to organize races and and events for for children because that time uh, mini bikes or mini bike racing or racing for children mm-hmm. uh, has not existed in in Hungary. So she saw something from Japan, I guess. Okay. Uh, I don't exactly know how the idea came. I mean, yeah. clearly the idea came because she saw me doing yeah. this. Did you have brother? Have you got brothers and sisters as well? Two sisters, two older yeah. older ones, and one of them, I mean, the the, the middle <laughs> sister, mm-hmm. she had some interesting, or maybe it was not her, but again, my mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on um, on cars, and uh, mm-hmm. she tried once uh, a go kart. Yep. thing but she she didn't like it that much so more <laughs> or less that was it for her uh also now actually she has a driving license but she 
she doesn't doesn't drive a car on mm-hmm. the street and nothing. So so she, they they not. It was it was the the little sister uh, yeah. who got all this. But motorbikes instead of cars. What do you think it was that was different in that manner instead of just following what everyone else was doing? I don't, I don't know. know I, you were that young. I was yeah exactly. I I <laughs> I, I I didn't know. I think uh, what was happening around me. Uh, it was kind of an instant yeah. thing because uh, again clearly I just know it from from the family stories uh-huh. that when they bought uh, this uh, this electrical bike it was from from Austria I guess also mm-hmm. because in Hungary you couldn't buy any anything like this yeah and uh, they just put me on the bike and I knew what to do you know how yeah. to do it etc you hear that a lot, actually, all these people that are natural. It's not like you went, yeah, I want to do this. It's, yeah, like if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. It's Yeah, but, you know, I mean, nowadays it's it's normal, let's say. So it's normal yeah. that you can buy these kind of things and then if you put your child in it, they they know what to do. But, and I suppose you know, and it's easy to, yeah, it's easy to find them, buy them, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like now with the with the mobiles or whatever, you, yeah. just, you know, yeah. they, they know what to do. For sure. So, yeah, but that. So now we are talking about um, eighty four stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. back at time it was it was quite quite different, and then um, and then again, yeah, my mom started to to organize races uh, for for children. So mm-hmm. she let's say established uh, these kind of races in in Hungary for children. Uh, we were a couple of. Uh, children with parents yes who wanted us to to do this thing because clearly at the age four or whatever yeah to be honest it's not you to decide that yeah yeah clearly if you don't enjoy if you're lucky your parents won't push you uh but i think that time it was really on the parents that the really crazy it is like the football the football parents and the dance mums and all the same yeah. sort of thing, I suppose, and and it's they're build they're building their community and getting their children involved. So this is how how it started, uh, and actually I was just trying to remember a couple of things before we we started this this, mm. this chat or conversation. And uh, honestly, I I had to admit that I I really loved riding the the bikes, uh, but that time. Uh, I, I didn't watch uh, the World Championship, for example. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I'm not sure why, maybe because um, that was not on the Hungarian uh, national channel. It was not yep. broadcasted that time. It was much years later, I think, that we started to have Eurosport, for example. Sure. Um, so I was, a, I was a Formula One watcher, mm-hmm. 100%. But With like, the family. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. thank and as the uh, season started in Australia, yes. <laughs> we had to wake up really, really early. But mm-hmm. back at the time, it was like four a.m. or something like this. Like and we do I, here when the World Cup soccer's on, <laughs> set the alarm like, so, for crazy so o'clock. <laughs> I I remember that that every I I uh-huh. was really waiting a lot March and then the yes. season begins and four a.m. I was uh-huh. up and like so and then then. MotoGP, now we call it MotoGP, but the World Championship mm-hmm. races came into my life much later, like, yeah. like in the in the. So 90s. you were were you racing by then, as part of the, you know what your parents put together? Did you did you you kept riding continuously? 
Sure, I started racing when I was four years old. Uh, we had uh, slalom races, yep. you yep. know, and also kind of road racing. So yeah. we had the, the, the small tracks, a couple of uh, tracks in, in Hungary, and we, we used to race there. And then it became more serious, if I can use this word, when I switched to the 125 GP category. Mm -hmm. That was uh, when I was 15, because that was wow. the, the minimum age uh -huh. uh, that time. And, uh, and that was the first as a serious category I, I participated uh -huh. and and I, under serious I mean that one to five GP was the category that already raised also uh, mm. in in the world championship etc so yeah and serious yeah. competition and, and yes not to, yeah so were you winning then were you naturally good at the racing I, I won a lot of championship uh, in mm. in the minibike uh, categories in with 50 cc 80 so I, I used to yeah. race in different categories um, and then in one two five clearly that was a let's say a big step um, because I I raised clearly I raised against guys and that's men. what I was going to ask you yeah like then and especially when you're talking when we're talking about it wasn't that common. I, there were a couple of years when I was the only one, I mean, only, only girl uh -huh. or only, only female to participate. And then there were a couple of years when we had the other one or maybe two girls. So that, that, yeah. that, that was already a huge thing having uh -huh. uh, three girls uh, uh, at yeah. the same time on the track in a one, two, five GP uh, category. And I used to race in Hungary in the national uh, championship, but also I think already that time, but a couple of years later, for sure, it was open championship. It means not only Hungarians, mm -hmm. but also foreign uh, yeah. participate, uh, participation we had. And then I used to race in Alpe Adria championship, which is, which is a, a, a series or a championship for countries like Hungary, um, Austria, it, Italy. We had a lot of Italian riders that time and, and the countries... Um, so middle how old would middle you have been Europe, then? Uh, I would say, and there, um, it was quite common for me to score points. Mm -hmm. And the first big result, let's say, was in two thousand and five, when mm -hmm. I finished on the podium as the first wow. Hungarian female ever to. So, how old, without people now doing their calculations, how old were you then? Twenty um, three. Wow, yeah, that's 20. fantastic. It was quite late, let's say, considering the age when I started. But to be honest with you, it's really not the same if you are Spanish, Italian, uh, American mm -hmm. or hung Hungarian. So it's really a small country. It was a huge effort from my mom mm -hmm. uh, during the whole time to put the, I see that to family support and the effort, not, the, not taking away from what people put in, but it sounds like it was more challenging because you don't have as much support and that continuous um, push. She, she I mean, uh, my family was not rich. We had, we, we mm. were a really average family. My mom used to be a waitress and, and stuff like that. So she worked a lot to find sponsors, not not only for myself or for for me or for her daughter, but 
for mm-hmm. all the children uh, we, yeah. we used to race and she helped a lot of um, guys to arrive to the European Championship then to the World Championship mm-hmm. so it was not just for me uh, yeah. but uh, yeah when it became more serious and clearly to do it well you need a good bike you need a tire so you to make it sure you need the money you need all the right equipment absolutely um so it was not every time easy and uh, Mm. also the funny thing and i i just want to mention it because a lot of late uh, years later (laughs) uh, a couple of years ago two years ago uh, anna carrasco said the same thing that it's funny when a girl uh hasn't good results and there is a fast one it's every time thanks to the bike every time far out which is really not (laughs) the thing but exactly yeah i think it's a nice excuse sometimes from the guys finishing behind and that's so can you if i still want to hear more we've obviously got years to cover still but yeah what was it like as a and I mean this in the most respectful manner, you're such a beautiful woman. So were these boys, <laughs> make you blush, were these boys, you know, they've got this beautiful girl kicking their butts on the track. How did they cope? First of all, I, just- <laughs> I, I also know I don't consider myself beautiful, but thank you so much. Uh, and, and if I watch back my, my photos from the past, I'm like, what, what was hey, we wrong can all with do you? that. What was wrong we with can- you, girl? <laughs> but... It was like I was the cute, blonde, little girl uh, yeah. doing things here mm-hmm. till the moment arrived that I became faster. I got used to the, the, the my bike um, mm-hmm. and, and I arrived on, on the podium first time, but maybe not just the podium, but I started to be faster and really competing and not just being. And they would have noticed, definitely noticed, yeah. So then the time uh, and the things uh, changed. Um, I was not the cute blondie anymore, I guess, for for <laughs> lots of them. Um, it, it's different. And I must admit that um, there, I, I, every time I felt the difference between my Hungarian fellow riders mm-hmm. and, the, and the others. And the others, yes. as I mentioned, for example, from Italy or Austria mm-hmm. or Czech Republic or whatever, uh, they accepted me much more. Okay. Um, On merit rather than because yeah. of, of your achievements. and uh, Yeah, and I'm not sure whether it's just because um, Hungarian people are more jealous for Hungarian people and stuff like that. We are a bit like this, unfortunately. I'm not, but <laughs> I must admit that. Mm. Uh, yeah. or, or just because I was from the same nationality or I don't know why they felt much yeah. more... I don't know, offended maybe. <laughs> was it was it quite challenging at times for you? Like was it a, an issue? Or I had a couple of issues. I mean, it's yeah. normal, I think, that you have um, hmm. idiots around you. Sorry, I cannot. <laughs> oh, we all have them everywhere, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, there. for example, there was a, a man, but I, I, I wouldn't call someone like this man, um, yeah. that saying that... Um, I was only fast because uh, because the night before most of the marshals had things with me, you know. 
I don't wow. want to. Oh yeah, because that food. would, in reality, that would make you more tired, so you wouldn't be able to write as well. So can you imagine <laughs> oh, this? That's awful. Yeah, that, that, but that was only one. So considering how long uh, I used to race, but I still consider myself as a racer, even if now I don't have the, yeah, the budget to do. Of course. Uh, so I, I think I was lucky, so I didn't have that much. Uh, yeah issues let's say uh but also there mm -hmm. was another one i think it's more funny that uh, <laughs> that was a i like that you can laugh at i'm like that you can laugh at yeah <laughs> you have to don't you <laughs> that was a european championship race in portugal braga still one two five cut a gp category and i finished 10th and um there was a guy Behind me, I think also younger. I don't remember the nationality, but I remember mm -hmm. that uh, after the race, his father was like, "Okay, son, that was it. Uh, I won't do it anymore. I won't give the money anymore uh, for you to to race because if a girl can finish no. in front of you, definitely <gasps> you won't do it anymore." So poor guy. That's disgusting. <laughs> that, that was that poor boy. I hope he. Oh, I think he. Wow. No, after this, I think he he was. He, he was, did well. No, he was forced to stop racing. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, what kind of a parent? Oh, that's awful. You know, and I think like, like from what I've spoken to people about motorbike, and obviously, you know, you need to be strong. But from as you know, I don't have a lot of knowledge on motorbike um, riding and that sort of thing, but. You're either good or you're not. I don't understand the difference why you would be better just because you're male or female or. I think it's just a thing in, in people's head, you know, that uh, riding a bike or driving a car is a man thing. Mm. It's, it's men's business. But to be completely honest with you and also with myself, mm. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I realize that I have the similar, I don't want to say that that's the same thinking but similar <laughs> yeah so for example for me uh let's say soccer it's uh, it's mm -hmm. not a girly thing uh last <laughs> year i went to a, a match i think it was the uh -huh. final of the um it was a ufa thing i guess they had a final mm -hmm. in, in budapest so i was okay. like okay this is a nice opportunity to to go and and see a, a match live when yep. when girls doing it but i also had this preconception you know that this is for men mm -hmm. or isn't it and and as much as it's evolving and it's changing and it's the year 2020 and like i'm 42 years old and i still i have this it's like something in your brain is still like oh i don't know but it's i mean it's evolving and, and we're getting there but it's it's still taking its time and there is that, um, what is it, that uh, unconscious bias that sort of jumps out in our head. Um, yeah, maybe but... maybe because, I don't know, this comes from our mm. childhood or, uh, but for example, also. Well, that's it, in the 80s, 90s, it, it was so different, wasn't it? Yeah, and also like that, um, like fighting and, you know, wrestling and, mm -hmm. and sports like yes. this. Women, women do as well. And they kick butt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but if i want to be honest also with myself mm -hmm. i don't consider it as a sport for for women 
So yeah. yes, for me, motorsport yeah. is yeah. motorsport is something that also girls can do or women can do. Yeah. But so I can understand uh-huh. this this way of thinking, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yes, time time is it's changing. Luckily, also yes. I think social media is uh, it's some something huge and something opens the whole world up, doesn't it? Help a lot, uh, also mm-hmm. for for girls for women to do strange Absolutely. things, <laughs> which are not strange. No, anymore. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. So how oh, you stopped racing? Obviously, um, was that by choice? Nope. Not at all. It's just running out of money. Yeah. <laughs> it was more or less. Must so be, after, I can't even yeah, after one, two, five, um, where I had a, a, a couple of nice international uh, results as well. Uh, the, the podium I mentioned in the Alpe Adria Championship, or or I scored uh, points a couple of times uh, in the in the European Championship. Um, yeah. And also, I got a white card uh, in two thousand and seven. Uh, in Istanbul, uh, which didn't uh, go well, unfortunately. And it's also an interesting thing or strange thing in my career or in my life in general, because I Mm -hmm. think it's not just only racing that I don't know why, but I had some opportunities in my life, um, but not necessarily at the best time or when I was ready to, sure. to have that or something was missing every time so, or, yeah. or or the bike or the money or yeah. something mm-hmm. um, but also when I had a, a chance right after I had the door <laughs> in my head so it's it's, it's well, really wasn't meant to be mate like the universe not to get to Woohoo, but the universe in play, it, obviously your path was meant to be different. Yes, so it's it, it's strange. So I have a couple of uh, missing points already, also mm-hmm. in my racing career. For example, this white card appearance what didn't happen the way it, it should have been. Um, mm-hmm. I was more or less ready, I guess, to to represent myself in at, the, at that level in the World Championship, but not at that track. So, for example, Bruno uh, would have been the the track for me to do because I knew the track. I was quite mm-hmm. fast already. I had the the lap time there to yep, yep. to qualify and to, to be able to do the race. But that time it was impossible for me, for a Hungarian rider, to get the white yeah. car there because back at the time there were a lot of fast Czech riders, a lot like. Yep. Lucas Peshek, for example, after that, uh, he used he raced in the World Championship for a lot of years. Or, um, or I can say also, Karel Abraham, for example, we used to race together mm-hmm. for a lot of years yep. in the Alpe Adria Championship. Also, um, so yes, I from one side I was lucky to to get the white card, but I was not lucky uh, to to get it for for Istanbul because clearly I didn't know the track. <laughs> I've never been there yeah. uh, before. And, and sometimes when people seem to achieve, it's like it's like everything just falls into place for them. And unfortunately, for some other people, it doesn't. Yeah. And and then that was a hectic weekend because uh, all day of Friday and also Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was raining, oh so imagine goodness. to learn a track and uh-huh. and and um, 
ask ask Manuel, for example, but yeah, yeah. Istanbul was really, really a difficult one to learn. So would that have been, is that the first time you'd ridden on that track? Yes. Yes. So that was really early uh, stage of the, of the season of the year. So I just yep. had one track day before that. Uh, at the, at so while it was raining, because you said it was raining a lot, you couldn't ride or you had to had just to, very carefully or. I had to, but it was impossible for me to, to get the rhythm to learn the track uh, yeah, fast course. enough um, uh-huh. to be close enough <laughs> for the top riders of the world. And usually people are learning a track. They've ridden that track before or they've... Oh. I think that time was the <laughs> first and I think the last one <laughs> when I uh-huh. when I played the, the, the MotoGP game in the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I think before that, yeah, yeah <laughs> before that, that was the... That was the <laughs> Uh, that was another thing that I asked my mom. Okay, now you must buy me yeah, a, yeah, a PlayStation. Absolutely, but it was it was not enough, unfortunately. So because you could l- at least learn the tracks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, at, at least I knew that it's gonna be a left one and uh, not the right one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess that up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So then, so you're a journalist. I've seen you doing interviews. Um, at the MotoGP, when did you step into that world? Um, one of my child dreams was uh, to to become a, a TV reporter, yeah, sport reporter, mm-hmm. um, and um, but clearly I was I was I was racing, so I would say that maybe that yeah I spent most of my time. Um, with, with racing, but I, I also went to uh, college or, and later university mm-hmm. because it was just important for myself as well. And I knew that one time my racing career would finish. So yeah, so always got to have a backup. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, I started to work in in media, but as uh, mm-hmm. in as a written. Uh, a journalist and not not in TV because clearly that's the most difficult, you know, to mm-hmm. to get in. <clears throat> so I started to to write articles and being a journalist, let's say around two thousand, the beginning of the beginning of two thousand, something mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> and um, and my first visit. Uh, in, in the World Championship paddock was in 2002. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, Bruno, because that's the closest uh, track yeah. to to Hungary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, but that time I was uh, I was just a guest there. Uh, actually, my ex 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 boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> used to used to be uh, a racer and and he competed with with, with white card mm-hmm. in the 250 category that time so that was the first uh, opportunity for me to to enter to the to the world championship yeah. paddock or, or MotoGP paddock um yeah. but i think the the most important thing or the biggest impact maybe this is the way to say was that weekend uh, in istanbul in 2007 yeah. Because that after that I said, okay, maybe as a rider I won't have the possibility to to come back again, but I definitely mm-hmm. want to come back and and feel this atmosphere, yeah, um, again. 
and it would be must be it would be so hard to walk away from it. It's been your whole life. Oh, and the, you just got a switch. No, no, no. It was doing. not a switch at all. No, I, I after that uh, in two thousand and ten, I switched category, and from one to five GP, uh-huh. I went to super sport. Uh, yep. not super sport because uh, so 600 uh, I would say mm-hmm. because that was a stock bike not super sport yep, yep. bike so it was a stock category um, and that year I participated uh, the first and and only uh, women European championship because that year it was wow. a it was a women European championship before that it was only a cup but that year it became okay. it became a championship that was my mm-hmm. first year with, with four-stroke uh, bike. And also, for me, it was a huge step in terms of weight, in terms of size after the 125. Sure. Um, and I'm quite uh, small as well. Um, uh-huh. But still, I finished uh, third that that year. Wow, um, that's at the end of awesome. the... Yeah. I was proud because all the other girls, they used to race already since years with with uh-huh. 600 or uh, other ones with uh, with thousand bikes uh-huh. so and they were much taller than me and so i had uh, a lot of disadvantage i would say because of my size that we've spoken on the podcast about denny pedrosa and just the challenges of size because it's out of your control i'm taller than him <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. I love that. <laughs> hey, you've got to if you if you're a bit shorter, you need to make sure you know who you're taller. Than. Yeah. So oh, well, my, there was another really really small rider, but with one two five, and, mm-hmm. and in one two five, it was an advantage. I must admit. Uh, actually, that was mm-hmm. Max Sabatani, Maximiliano Sabatani, mm-hmm. Italian rider um, in the nineties. Uh, he, he was and he is really, really, really small, smaller than than, than Danny. Uh, but he never raced in in the MotoGP category. Mm-hmm. And again, in one two five, it was it was an advantage that I was uh, small. Sure. Being light, just uh, mm-hmm. till uh, till a certain point, because afterwards they modified. You still got to have strength. You can't just be tiny, can you? You got to have the strength. Uh, yes, but the thing was that they modified uh, the the regulation. Well, somewhere in middle of the nineties, or no, that, no, mm-hmm. it was the two two thousand something already. Sorry, it was it was later. Anyway, yep. they modified the regulation, and the uh, minimum weight was meant all uh, together uh, for the rider and the bike and the, all the equipment, etc. Oh. And for uh, for me to reach that uh, minimum uh, weight, we had to put extra six kilos on the bike. So imagine not on you on the bike, not on you. Uh, well, on me it would be. <laughs> I'd be up for that challenge. Yeah, even a bigger challenge, but also on the bike. So imagine that uh, six kilograms are a uh, lot, a lot. Yeah, and more. A one to five bike uh, used to be around seventy kilos. Would completely change the way you need to ride it. Yes, and that that was the yeah. time that I really had to start to to train. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was only forty something with the leather and with everything was arrived maybe yeah. fifty five let's say. Uh-huh. Um, so that that was a, that was a challenge. But again, after this, the six hundred category and the six hundred bike with with its hundred and sixty kilos, mm-hmm. that was a huge step for me. So I needed a couple of 
uh, years maybe. I started to race in in 2010, if I'm right. I hope I'm right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but already in 11, 12, I I I became quite fast. So I don't mm -hmm. know what just. Somehow yeah, I switched. Something just switched. Yep. And uh, and then I felt really really comfortable so on that bike. But also I, I till now I cannot mm -hmm. touch uh, the ground with both of my feet because <laughs> <laughs> only one. <laughs> Normally oh, yeah. it's the right leg actually because uh -huh. I, I'm just stronger. My right side yeah. is uh, is stronger. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. I'm just wondering how I did the start and the beginning of the races, but I think, uh, yeah, I, think I picture you with all these people holding the bike up for you, ready to go. Once it happened, when I tested, a, oh. I tested a thousand uh, Aprilia, and I uh -huh. literally couldn't touch the the ground. Yeah, either of with the feet. So Any little blocks to put your feet. So on. my stepfather <laughs> had to hold the bike, and I was like, okay, listen, I will do five laps. Make sure uh -huh. that after five laps you will stand here. Otherwise, I will you just... need to get off. You can fall over, <laughs> and you wouldn't. And there's no way you'd pick it up. Oh. No, no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Far out. So yeah. So after after I I still raced in the, in the six hundred category and also two thousand eleven. Uh, uh, there was a, an endurance race, an eight hours endurance uh, mm -hmm. world championship race in Qatar, where the Qatari Federation uh, established an all-female team. So with Paula Cazzola and with Nina Prince, we were uh, the, the, the so female three of you. team. Was there three? Yeah, we were three. Yep. So we were uh, the, the, the female team. Uh, for the Qatari, mm -hmm. Qatari Federation, and we did uh, that race uh, in the stock category. So that was my first uh -huh. and only race ever with a 1,000cc oh. bike. So imagine again. How did that go? I know, I'm thinking of everything you've just told me. How did, how did that go? Yeah, just, and like <laughs> also Paula uh, is taller than, than me by 10 centimeter more or less, uh -huh. uh, but Nina even more. She she is tall. She is I think like 180 or something like this. Uh huh. Uh, so that was also another challenge because Nina was the yeah. the fastest uh, because she already they used to race in thousand bikes for, mm. for a lot of years. And she so is this fast. endurance races on a track? The same the the LaSalle track. Okay. The, but you just so how long how long would you ride for before you swap to the next person? Uh, I think it was around 40 minutes more or less. So we changed okay. after every every 40 minutes. We, and 40 minutes is like a, a normal race distance in the mm -hmm. in the MotoGP, for example. But it's the same circuit you can see in the MotoGP yeah. Championship. The only uh, difference was that I think we started by uh, daytime, but definitely we ended the race nighttime. So we had all the lights, not, but not, mm -hmm. not like in the MotoGP. So that was a bit less. So they didn't, dull, they yeah. didn't put all mm -hmm. the lights on less because, yeah. but we had lights also on the bikes. Uh, so that was an amazing experience. Um, so when you're not riding, do you have are there rules around that you need to stay or you can do what you want while you're not riding? Cause you've, you know, you've got two other riders. What's that, 80 minutes, you could go and have a nap? 
Yes. Have something to Yes, this is what you do. You have a nap. And imagine mm-hmm. it was only eight hours, not the 24 hours. Mm. So imagine to do it for 24 yeah. hours. Oh, uh, my goodness. Yes, yeah. you can have some rest. We were really, really lucky again because we had also a physical therapist uh, that we mm-hmm. shared with the with the boys because there oh, was another beautiful. team for the Qatari Federation for the boys. Um, so, and maybe you eat something like a banana or something, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> to gain some energy and then you go back. For sure. So, yeah, but eight hours actually run really, really quickly. Yeah really quickly yep. so be a fun like you say would you would you do that again oh definitely definitely yeah. uh, i really enjoyed it and uh and i was also surprised by myself how fast i could uh get used to the the, the thousand bike and i really really enjoyed it i mean that mm-hmm. power was <laughs> different from from the one to five or the 600 yeah uh, and i think yeah i experienced my my fastest high speed uh my top speed sorry uh there during or the race or one of the practices because uh-huh. uh, i think 311 pay per hour what does that fit because because <clears throat> i haven't exp- I've, I've been on dirt bikes and that growing up out in the country but can you just tell me what does that feel like if you can explain it i think in one word i would say freedom but freedom under control, kind of, clean, uh-huh. <laughs> if you are lucky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's difficult, and but for me, it's something maybe natural. I mean, as a feeling. Yeah. So when I, after a long winter break, for mm. example, I'm again able to to sit on my bike and go to, to do a, a, a track day. That's that's better than anything. Such a psychological. Um, I was having a chat with Bella in um, Italy, and we were talking about mindfulness. And you know, while you're on the bike, you are so focused on what you're doing right there, and then nothing else matters. Mm, nothing else matters. I. Are you thinking about other things, or you're just focused on the track and what you're doing? It depends. Sometimes okay. it happens that I, but this is not good, clearly. <laughs> You're in auto mode riding, but your brain's yeah, no, doing little. Yeah, little, little different different things. But um, it's strange because it, it depends. If, I, if I'm if i in attack mode, time attack or race mm-hmm. attack or whatever, clearly the yeah. only thing you can think about is what, what you are doing, but not exactly what you are doing i mean it, you know but it's it's the same like driving a car if you go out on the way you just do you it. just do uh-huh. it yeah you don't think that okay now mm. i have to turn the way no you don't mm-hmm. do it. you see you just you just do yep. it um but yes yeah, sometimes you think about okay now i have to break a little bit later or now i want to arrive there or five mm-hmm. centimeter more deep or whatever uh, mm-hmm. so sometimes you think about things like this but sometimes not and also it it differs if you're riding alone or you are in a group or so Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah was it 310 would you say 311 yeah that was the oh my goodness that was my record (laughs) uh so that was 2011 and then i was lucky enough to 
to go back to Qatar and race in the Lausanne International Championship for a couple of years. So, so being a journalist and racing was a parallel thing for me for years. Mm. And also I had my uh, normal job, let's, let's say, at home. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, this is also a really uh, typical characteristic of my life, doing mm-hmm. five things at least yeah. at the same time. Uh, different things and uh, which isn't a bad thing it's just yeah trying to find that balance and not bad but I think it can be bad because Mm -hmm. you just uh, split your energy split your concentration split your will uh, everything instead just Mm -hmm. focus on one thing but do that thing really really at the highest level you can Yeah. yeah but again this is just how my life uh, and it is still now besides at the moment but are you still just on the go and always doing a lot of things at once yes and I always learn something new because this is how we how we have to do so hey I think that's pretty good you're living your life yeah so I'm not sitting back just letting it go by so I did did uh, these two things parallel for for a lot of years and but also there was a a memorable weekend or week uh Mm -hmm. it was i think 2013 again in qatar and that was interesting because uh i raced it it, this um lossal uh championship i mentioned earlier Uh, and this race uh, was the supporting race of the of the MotoGP, the first round of the of the MotoGP season that year so that was funny because um thursday and friday uh we had the practices and uh, i think the first race maybe friday and the second race on saturday so Mm -hmm. i had to share my my energies uh uh, clearly and i was concentrating much more on my racing uh, Mm um role and that attack mode you mentioned exactly and then i just (laughs) left the, the leather, left the helmet and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I just picked up my camera <laughs> and I started yeah. to do my journalism yeah. stuff in, yeah. in the paddock. So that was really, <laughs> really tough, honestly, but a nice experience because, for example, Colin Edwards, uh, we are mm-hmm. quite good buddies. So he came to the grid uh, for for one of the races to, to support yep. me, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. But also it was really nice that the, most of the my colleagues, let's say, uh, so the journalists and also the photographers, they were watching the race uh, in the media center. Oh, beautiful. And also watching me on the podium. They're like one of us, it's one of us. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of. So that, that was a nice, nice experience. And also a couple of riders knew already that I was also a racer, not just a journalist, which uh, I think made a huge difference for them when I was doing an interview or something absolutely to know that um yeah it's not you know just a girl <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know what you're talking about yeah. but still and maybe it's because i'm a woman but uh even if i'm a writer i was never really really interested on setups and the bikes and so on yeah but much more what i was chasing and i what i what i was uh or i wanted to show 
to the fans, to the people uh, reading mm -hmm. my articles or my books or whatever, the background. So like yes. the mothers, the fathers, the girlfriends, yes. the wives, you know, and also the the guys be behind the, the, the helmet. The person, and that's like with these chats that I do, I don't, yeah, I want to know about you because everyone has a story and I mean, even just before I was intrigued what you were saying about your mum, like what an incredible human being. I've got three kids. I hope that I can be a supportive for them. For sure. Like she just, yeah, sounds like such an incredible woman and for people to like the, you know, the top writers, as much as they've worked hard and got there, there's, there's a team behind them that are supporting them through starting with their family. But also how, how persons or what kind of persons they are what do uh -huh. they like or for example i i did a a series of articles i used to have a, a digital magazine i don't do it anymore uh mm -hmm. but for uh for that i did uh five or six stories at least uh or series of articles about the tattoos of the riders yeah so i asked oh. all of them i photographed all the tattoos and i asked oh. them to tell me all the stories and mm -hmm. really deep and really interesting things. Is this in English or did you do this in a different language? Uh, depends on the writer, but as I speak English uh, and Italian, uh, mm -hmm. I use these uh, languages. I also started to learn again Spanish, uh, yeah. but uh, I can understand quite well. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I still, I think I'm not at the level to do interviews in, in, in Spanish, mm -hmm. so I prefer or English or, or Italian. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that was really, really, really a nice um, experience. It's a whole other, yeah, it's a whole other direction instead of, like you say, talking about the bikes and your bike setup and what happened there. And and you know what? Now it, it's maybe also for you or for, for anyone mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, it can be something natural to see. Yes. Uh, and hear about these but believe me Absolutely. that's when I started and it was not that long time ago but still hmm. 2007 you couldn't find I, want, I don't want to say anything uh, about these kind of things but uh, much less than nowadays clearly it's just because yes. online media was really at the beginning mm -hmm. and it's beginning. Social sure. media was not existing. Now now yeah. the writers themselves, they can show us whatever they want. I love the post that um, like Maverick Vinales has been putting up his workout posts and um, I think it was before we recorded, recorded one of our podcast episodes and he was just flicking through and starting up a video call with one of his fans that were on there. And oh, it was beautiful. It was so, like so. Now we can feel yeah. them. I think much closer if we want and if they uh -huh. want. Uh, but yes. in two thousand and seven, where I when I started, mm -hmm. it was completely different. So, for example, Absolutely. I did a I did a book a couple of years later with with one of my friends. She's uh, one of the the lead editors of the Hungarian Sports Daily. She's a really, really good journalist, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, we did a book together in Hungarian about about MotoGP, but from from a different aspect, as I as I yeah, explained to yeah. you. But for that, I had to take thousands of photos by myself because mm -hmm. you just couldn't find them. Absolutely, that kind of. But that's great because it is. That's what you want: something new and different. The emotions, and and... yeah, the emotions yes. you couldn't find. Yes. Also, again, another 
maybe bad luck in my life that I did it in in Hungarian. Um, so I couldn't do a, a big thing out of it mm-hmm. uh, uh, that time. Oh, you could recreate it now. You could recreate yeah, something. Yeah, and... I was wondering, but frankly speaking, it would have been a huge, huge, huge effort because <laughs> yeah. I, I should I should take all the photos, for example, uh, again because mm-hmm. um, because we are 13 years later or 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, now now it's more natural, I think, for, for mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, maybe sure. a little bit also for, for the riders because, for example, I also remember that I did an interview with Marquez. The, my first one I did with him in t- the 2010, so before he won mm-hmm. his first ever championship yeah. <laughs> in World Five. so he was a really, really yeah. small kid at that time. Okay, also, Were you taller than him? No, I guess he's a bit taller, <laughs> I think. Maybe that time not, but now for for sure he's he's not a tall guy, yeah. but I think a couple of centimeters yeah, yeah. taller than me. Okay, but <laughs> I was also a kid, but he really was a kid uh-huh. that time. So yeah. I he still looks like a kid. He still looks <laughs> to me. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and I remember that I had maybe I asked him already. I don't know how. how I think I wait. So he's from '93, which means that he was uh, 17 that time, right? Yeah. If I'm correct, yeah. accounting. Think so. Uh, so I think I, I already asked him about. So do you have a girlfriend or whatever? Yeah. And I remembered yeah. he was really, really embarrassed, and also he looked every time to Akiayo, he who was the his oh. personal manager uh-huh. at the, the, that time. I don't know what to say. <laughs> can I? Can I respond? Oh, so that was my first. Yeah. But late, years later, much uh, later, I had another interview with him, and. Uh, I asked him about superstition, whether he has yeah. any. That's another thing I'm fascinated in. I want to know the rituals and the superstition because every sports person has them. And yeah, sorry, please continue. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I know that I was the first one. He uh, discovered this this thing with his uh, underwears that uh, he has uh, blue. I think two two blue for Friday and Saturday, and the red one for Sunday. <laughs> if I correctly remember now the colors, um, but before that, you you couldn't know about this. I I, I yeah. think he ev- never ever mentioned this before, and they probably wouldn't have spoken about it. Yeah, and I used uh, this this uh, material, and I wrote the interview in Hungarian. So clearly, mm-hmm. let's say no one could understand from the panel. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, a yeah. couple of days later, this story just came up in the Spanish media. <laughs> thanks to thanks to um, the press officer of Mark uh, that time, because uh, uh-huh. yeah, it it, it hurt hurted me to be honest that I I uh, have to say I not I not figured out something about the rider, but I I pulled out of him an yeah. information yeah. let's say or something interesting yeah. something nice you know something human Absolutely. something different yes and uh, then the information was passed to one of the spanish journalists mm-hmm. and then he how did it what was the um how did it land on everybody was it taken okay or 
No, it, did people? Everyone, yeah, everyone uh, has taken it because it was a fresh story about Marcus <laughs> that no one could knew. And his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, Nikki. I think that's you should be proud of that. Yeah, that was something similar with the tattoos because a couple of people uh, clearly uh, saw that uh, that article or that series of articles. And some people have tattoos in places that other people don't generally see. You're blushing. I didn't see anything. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, you took photos of them, didn't you? That's right. No, but but this this is this was, this was funny because a couple of people came to me from the paddock saying, "Hey, you." really tricky one how to get uh-huh. not nude because they're the riders they were not nude at yeah, least, yeah yeah at least they had the, had the under but still but still for sure yeah but <laughs> i think that's good and also sorry then you can cut out because i speak a lot but thanks <laughs> to thanks to this id uh i have a really touching memory let's say about um louis salon because actually these this story of the of the tattoos of the riders, I was concentrating ninety percent on on the MotoGP riders of, mm-hmm. of that year. But I knew that uh, Salom had a lot of tattoos and nice ones and big ones, etc. So I picked up a couple of uh, riders from from the lower categories, uh, and uh, it was not easy to convince Luis, uh, mm-hmm. and we had to have the permission of his of his mom. To, to do uh-huh. it because she was yeah. a bit afraid, you know, what I want to do with his sure. son, etc. And uh, but I, I made her sure or convinced that say down I, and that it was respectful and yeah. it's gonna be a respectful thing. And uh, I took the photos and I did the the article, etc. And I think just two years ago, or last year or two years ago, she contacted me uh, on Facebook. That hey, you are the one, no, who, who did this this article and the photos of the tattoos. And mm-hmm. is it possible that could you please send me the pictures because I have no pictures of of Louis uh, tattoos. Oh. So I was like, okay, if if for nothing else, but for this, it was really worth sure. it to made it worth it to to yeah, do absolutely it. yeah. So well, that's nice that she yeah, could reach out and. Well, so you never know the impact you're having, do you, or, or how what impact that could have in the future for people? Yeah, so I, I'm happy to, that I have it still, and I'm happy yeah. that I could I could send the pictures to pass to her. it on. Absolutely. Oh, that's a, not as I was say not nice, but it's yeah nice that you could do that for her. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah but. You know that time when you when you do an interview and you do a picture or whatever, mm-hmm. you, clearly you don't think that maybe this this is the last one. Absolutely, which I think is what makes it more important to do that because capturing that because you never know, and, and like you say, some people might go, oh, I don't have photos of and you know what that or I hmm. lost. Uh, I can say that most of my work actually, because mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen I got trapped. Uh, in <gasps> Barcelona before the the MotoGP race I was that was a pre every let's say every time before the race we have mm-hmm. the prey event or we have a prey event somewhere in the city maybe yeah. or whatever sure and I arrived there directly from the airport uh, mm-hmm. so I had everything in the car and had everything in the trunk oh my goodness yeah, yeah. and uh, and that time I didn't know that it's a really usual thing happening in in oh, but, Barcelona. But that's it. Yeah, you, you wouldn't expect. Oh. So, and unfortunately, I had uh, my external drive with me as well. 
as the mm. as the backup of my work. Mm. Yeah. So honestly, it still hurts me like hell because pictures about, for example, Marco Simoncelli, uh-huh. you cannot take anymore. Uh, yeah. But not just to be said, but uh, I cannot. Uh, take picture anymore of Casey Stoner as a writer, for example. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. and True. I had a couple of really, really nice one, like, because as I said, I was, I, and I'm still looking for the emotions every time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. do a couple of action shots, but really just yeah. to have it. But you're more about the, for, yeah. for the emotions and, um, yeah because they're all like we've said you know i think a few of the things we've touched on is it's every we are all people we're all human we all have that we see you know people see oh this amazing athlete and they do look at them differently and some people probably forget that they are a normal human being and we all came from the same place that's beautiful to capture that and a lot of people are going to be thankful for it um yeah Love it. I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna go check all these out. Can I can I look up these tattoo pictures? Um but is it not in English what you wrote? No, it's or? in English. I uh, maybe oh, okay. maybe it's still uh online, I think. I I will have a look and I will send send you the Yeah, if you have a look, even share we'll share it, we'll share the link. Yeah, with the, I will send you the um, link. But if not, I will out. send you the PDF or or maybe I put put mm-hmm. on nah. whatever. Again, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, tell me, tell me, um, about your YouTube channel. I did have a look at some of that. Yeah, I try to renew myself. Maybe <laughs> yeah. if I can phrase like this, time by time. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but this is also another thing. I think I started a bit too late. I should have started uh, earlier. To, <laughs> bit to earlier. Do, yeah. But actually, just uh, last year, I started to do um, videos. Uh, first, only mm-hmm. just just in Hungarian for the Hungarian yep. MotoGP fans. Like mm-hmm. I have uh, live uh, sessions, let's say after the races, and um, they can ask things and that or. And or I just uh, I'm just telling what I experienced during a, a race weekend. Um, I'm yeah. not there at the at the field every time. I do like fifty percent mm-hmm. of the of the season because I'm a freelancer, yeah. so I have to cover myself mm-hmm. the the travel cost. Absolutely. Costs. So sure. normally I do ten races per year uh, at the at the field, and I was like being the only Hungarian uh, accredited uh, media. Well, not the only. Now I'm not the only one because I have my colleague with me <laughs> since mm-hmm. a couple of. But the most renowned, the most experienced. Yeah, but now, yeah, but for I a can couple, say, you could go, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> they, we we have a lot of really good uh, journalists mm. in in Hungary sure. as well. But uh, but mm. with with the permanent pass, I was the only one for a lot of years. But now I have my colleague with yeah. me, so yeah. now we are in two. Um, mm-hmm. So just to you know to share my my experience and and stories and what I could see, but clearly people sitting in front of the computer or the TV they they cannot see because it's yes. just, just not possible to mm-hmm. show everything. Uh, yeah. And also I do short uh, stand-ups, uh, not at the track because I'm not allowed to 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 film there to 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 do mm-hmm. videos. So outside somewhere uh, outside the, the track I do short sum ups let's say after mm-hmm. after a days but i i used to do it only in in uh, hungarian and mm-hmm. then uh, this year in qatar 
because we traveled there a bit earlier, a couple of days earlier uh, than than the race should have been. I mean, in terms of the MotoGP race. Yes. Um, yes. So I, we 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 were there already. So and then we knew that something is happening. It's really possible that we mm-hmm. won't have MotoGP. Then it be um, yeah. Co- it, what's confirmed that uh, we we wouldn't have the MotoGP race, etc. So I was like, we were maximum two or three journalists there already because there were a couple of not a, one or two journalists there already because of the test the moto mm-hmm. two and the moto three test i didn't uh travel earlier because of that we just wanted to have a kind of short vacation yeah before the season starts <laughs> yes um so i was like okay i'm almost the only one here so so i do it also in english I don't care if my yeah. English is not perfect. Yeah, so. Yes, this is not my uh, mother language. Mm-hmm. So maybe I will do mistakes yep, yep. because that was, uh, yeah, but that was a huge barrier for me before wow. to start okay. to do it because a lot of people, why, why don't you do it in English? I was like, listen, we have a lot of really, really high level, good uh, English or English speaking journalists. I really yeah. don't feel that the the market needs another one we do not but you're like you're saying though but you're you're different you don't have that same um you don't come from the same place as them yeah but but it is it's it, we, yes that self-confidence yeah. and obviously now you've been doing it it's yeah but i i don't i didn't good. feel the the, the 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 strength to to start but by there i was like okay it, it's really not about do my it. english or <laughs> maybe uh-huh. i will do mistakes yes uh, but it's really about the situation. So then I started mm-hmm. to do in, in English uh, a couple of stand-ups there. And um, and when it was clear that that the season start is delayed, who knows how long, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I want to do something. So I started to do uh, interviews uh, via Skype um, mm-hmm. with with different people. Uh, the first was actually, I think the first was Michele Zaza, uh, the, mm-hmm. the chief doctor or the director of uh, Clinica Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that time, so it was middle of March. Uh, mm-hmm. I think only one or two Italian journalists uh started to do already mm-hmm. the, the same so i was and but in english okay. oh, no one that time yeah so yeah. this is this is what i'm doing since we are living in in lockdown it's great uh, which is fantastic because instead of talking about and i think it's been a great opportunity to get what you're talking about the emotions and the the different things it's a great opportunity to everyone to look at that instead of okay we've just had this race what happened and yeah clearly clearly the first interviews uh were more about the coronavirus situation etc because yeah. this is something you cannot uh, avoid we're all living it yeah yeah so we we had Absolutely. to we had to we had to talk about but for example i don't know for example even if i know uh paulo chabatti since 2010 uh that time uh, he was still the the sporting director of the world superbike mm-hmm. uh championship and i had a white card uh, that year so we i think that was the first time we we met uh, but for mm-hmm. example, I just uh, realized now during this this interview I did with him uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, his son is a doctor as well. 
Okay. Yeah, so he he is also on the field uh, with this pandemic in, in Italy. So yeah. actually, Paolo was Far out. he was really worried that time mm-hmm. because of his because of his yeah. son. But for example, I didn't know of course that his son yeah. uh, was a doctor. So wow. No, and yeah, everyone go check because I had a look at a few of the interviews. I'm going to definitely go and watch a few more. Um, I love what you're doing on there. It's fantastic. I have a couple of interviews from last year, to be honest, yeah. uh, which yeah. I couldn't publish yet. But thanks to the lockdown, Ooh. and as I said, every time I learn something new, I started to learn yes. how to edit videos. Yes, so well done. Now I, can, now I can do a couple of now things can... already. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm, I'm quite, to be honest, I'm proud. Getting good. <laughs> I'm proud of That's, myself. Yeah, you should be. Absolutely. From zero. It's all about learning new skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from zero. Uh, for example, yeah. the, the interview with Hervé Ponchera was a really, really nice adventure because we could uh, speak only by phone, which means yeah. I had to cover uh, 40 minutes with pictures uh-huh. and stuff like that. And oh, before the lockdown, I had no idea how to do it. I had no software. Yes, of course. <laughs> So now, now see you're learning new things every day. Yeah, so that's why I now I'm I'm I decided that I try to edit that that interviews I did uh, last year, for example, with uh, with Mick Duhan. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully in a couple of weeks time I I will be able we'll to publish them. I'll keep an eye out for them. <laughs> Love it. Um. So before we finish up, I'm. I don't know. I think you have listened to a few of our podcast episodes with the whole team. We, over the last couple of weeks, have started a new segment called the Manuel Incident. And it's much fun because we basically spring a name on Manuel, (laughs) get to watch his reaction, and then he will tell us a memory about that person. So I'm hoping that you can share a memory that you have about Manuel that we're allowed to put out to the I'm sure he's got lots of cheeky um, actually, I, things. Because I think we can we can say no that you you mentioned this uh, earlier uh, for me like, mm-hmm. like yesterday before we we did this uh, yep. interview, and I was thinking about and I tried to pick up the exact moment when we mm-hmm. knew each other, but I ca- yep. I cannot remember what I can remember that I think that my first memory let's say of him or, mm-hmm. or how I um uh, I don't know what to say how I uh like remembering remember and reflecting him. On... yeah 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 mm-hmm. um is that it was a bit strange to have a Spanish journalist with perfect English or really really <laughs> I know he does better than us at times and I was like <laughs> because you know even if you you don't look, you can understand if a journalist asks a question from the accent, whether it's Italian, it's French, uh-huh. it's Spanish, or whatever. And yeah. uh, and I remember that that uh, how he got maybe my my attention first was was his English, and then when I um, when I found his website uh, with 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 the articles, and I started to read. The couple of them i was like ah, okay this this guy <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. has, has yep. a similar way of thinking maybe uh mm-hmm. that i have so he really goes into into deep and then the background yep. and not just on mm-hmm. the top uh yep. about the things and then actually 
I would be interesting to to hear how he remembers. <laughs> well, maybe I might spring your name on him on our next what episode. What is his first memory? <laughs> I will. I will. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm almost sure that before I had my first ever one-to-one interview with Danny Pedrosa, mm-hmm. uh, that was in at Saxon Ring, 2013. I remember for sure that I went around uh, the media center to a couple of journalists who I mm-hmm. admired already yep. to ask advices because I was sure. so, so scared because before that. Oh. In- I already have done a lot of one-to-ones before that with sure. uh, Nikki Hayden, with Lorenzo, yeah. with Marquez, mm-hmm. with I don't know whoever. Yeah. But I was so scared. And I'm why? Why? Why were you more nervous about Danny? Um, because he. Do you have a bit of a crush on him? No. Because <laughs> you're taller than him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because he was. Uh... I I told him actually during during the interview, or maybe at the end of the interview, that hey, I was really really yeah. scared, and he was like, "Why?" And I was like, "Because normally you don't look nice." <laughs> and <laughs> no, but really, and he but not friendly and open. No, and not at all. Quite... More, moreover, okay. with the media, have to work I, for his. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it. none of the writers uh, like like the media and the media scrums and I don't know hmm. ten interviews per week, and that which I can understand actually. Yeah, but yeah. at least most of them uh, they they try to cover this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Danny, well, that's part of what they have to do, don't they? They need yeah, to. Yeah, but Pedroza was not, not one of. He's them. like, nope. I mean, you can understand immediately mm-hmm. his feelings. <laughs> a bit of a closed book, and or or just that he's just so simple. Uh, not not simple. <laughs> I don't mean that in an awful manner, but no, he he shows no. openly if he okay. if he doesn't like a journalist, if he doesn't like the question. <laughs> He, he's, oh my goodness! He, he he's tough. He used to be at least. Yeah, uh, quite scary sometimes, really. But it went well. Um, so maybe maybe because of this, and maybe but during that interview, he opened a lot. To be mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, yeah. and and I think if I remember well that before before this interview, I think that one of the journalists I asked. Uh, do you have any advice how to how to start or yeah. how to do with with Danny? I think uh, one of them was uh, was Manuel. Yeah. So, but uh, but after good. after the, the interview went really really well. So mm-hmm. it was I don't know why, oh, but I was good. really scared. But I, I again I told to to Danny as well that listen yeah. I was yeah <laughs> terrified. I like that you told him why. I think that's great and just to yeah give a different. <laughs> For him to realize, yeah, but I also you know, I listened back one of your podcasts and uh, you spoke about also also Danny Pedrosa and also as Manuel mm-hmm. said, he changed a lot, not just after yeah. his retirement, but mm-hmm. uh, during his last couple of years of racing, uh, mm-hmm. after he changed his his manager, uh, he changed a lot. He changed a lot. Yep. No, I want to learn more about him. He's an inc- he, he intrigues me. Um, just you know, he was always up there, but not winning a championship. I find that intriguing. At, that at least in MotoGP, not yeah, but well, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's a topic for another time. Um, it's been great talking to you. I love, I love your spirit and drive and the fact that you find something like video editing or <laughs> riding a bike and just, like you say, doing it to the best of your ability. It's a fantastic um, personality trait to have. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry that I speak too much. So you will have some nope. work to cut it's out. It's good because I have a bit of a cold. So it's been nice to, and, and I could sit and just keep listening to you anyway. But um, yeah, we'd love to stay in touch. Hopefully we can meet up one day, maybe in Phillip Island, or if I get brave enough to go over the ocean. I've never been there, see you over there honestly. somewhere. <gasps> yeah, this is. Oh, this, you have to. Yeah, this is a, a huge missing point in my life to, to mm-hmm. go to go to, to Australia. It, maybe not yes. because of a uh, MotoGP race, because it's not the best time of the year. At least yeah, Phillip yeah. Island, it's quite chilly yep. that time. But yep, uh, yep. I hope... It is, it's colder over that side. Yeah, but I hope that once I, I will have the chance to... Yeah, well, to hopefully in the there. next few years we'll have a drink and meet in person. It will be lovely. <laughs> I, I, I see more chance that you should come to, to Europe. I think I think so too. Absolutely. As more our podcast takes off, I think we all need to um, get together. And, and I still haven't seen, you probably laugh at this, I still have not seen my first ever live race, not even on television. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Really. And how did you start so, the podcast or why? Um, Dave, the host, he approached me and he had this idea that he wanted to um, have the master, which is Manuel, and the apprentice. And he asked me because I had no idea whatsoever. So I can ask the silly questions and I can, um, you know, and I'm more than happy to be the silly one. But did you have the and interest already on, on MotoGP? No, 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 not at all. So it's just built into this thing. And, I, and I'm very quickly getting very interested, but because of this whole you know, the coronavirus, I haven't been able to watch it. This all happened in between before the races were meant to start. So I'm oh, I'm going to absolutely lose my marbles when I actually get to watch a race. <laughs> and definitely, I'll definitely be at Phillip Island. But did you watch um, back any, any races there. from the past? Yes, I have. And I've watched, Dave got me to watch Faster and Fastest. And um, I've, been, he, I've been watching some old races getting friends to give recommendations on races to watch because there's obviously so many to choose from. Have you seen already the, um, the documentary of uh, Dovizioso? No. Oh, you must. That's a must. What's that called? Uh, I will send you the link, but actually Red Bull, oh, Red Bull okay. it's Undaunted, uh, which is his, okay. his new slogan as well, Ooh. what he put on, okay. the, on the suit and everything because he just changed after a lot of years. Wow. But yep. that's, that's a must. Okay, and that's, um, that's uh, and next also on my list. because it's really something different. Clearly, they had mm-hmm. access to places where normal people yep. cannot cannot mm-hmm. step in. Uh, yep. But how they edited, how they put together, how Andrea opened, who is also he's also um, a really closed person, uh, Dovizioso. Mm-hmm like uh pedroza for example but in a completely different yep. way uh-huh. so he's, okay. he's, he's really kind he's but but he's he's uh he's a close guy but uh he he opened a lot uh for this for this documentary and we can see things that i think never before so it's really okay. it's something oh, really interesting also for us yeah. Living in this yeah, because it's not what you see all out on year the track. long, it's a whole or behind. also as a rider. So I really, really recommend yeah. that, that, that's the most. Oh, 
Beautiful. I'm on to that. Thank you very much for that recommendation. I think they've got me working back from, you know, those earlier mm. documentaries and working my way up. <laughs> it's been a keep, it's been a steep learning curve. Go. <laughs> yep. Oh, go it's all good. It. It's all good. I've got the time at the moment to watch stuff. Um, so Nikki, where can our listeners find more about you? Social media, your YouTube channel, is it Nikki Kovacs MotoGP? Yes. Uh, I did look up your name initially and there was some young girl singing songs. That's not Until me, I found the <laughs> one thing you don't want me to do is singing. You don't hear you sing. <laughs> um, is it okay if I send you the, the links or do you want it for the... Absolutely. Okay. Send us the links and we'll put them on our bio when we put this out. Okay. Because Beautiful. I'm on, right, yeah, I'm on everywhere. <laughs> like Facebook. Everywhere. Twitter. I know. We're all on everything on social media god bless it god bless technology in these times um well again thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today we'll definitely stay in touch 